Hey everyone, welcome back to Wanna Vibe. I'm Abby. I'm Misa. Today we're talking to the co-founders of Claiming Disabilities Inc., Molly and Erin. These ladies are encouraging people to proudly claim their disabilities and share their stories. Why? Because when we share, we connect. When we connect, we learn we aren't alone. And when we know we aren't alone in our experiences and feelings, it becomes easier to live more authentically and speak more freely about who we are. We had a really dynamic conversation and heard some interesting stories and learned a lot about how we can be more aware, respectful, and supportive. We hope you have as many takeaways from this one as we did. Enjoy. Bye. Wanna Vibe is a podcast and resource speaking simply about all things wellness. We want to break down each topic and start from the beginning, avoiding the assumption that everyone knows the building blocks to a particular subject. The way we see it, wellness is all encompassing of each aspect that affects our everyday lives. In addition to our faves like fitness and nutrition, this could mean anything from relationships to careers, finances, spirituality, and so much more. We are Abby and Issa. Wanna Vibe? from Claiming Disability. Um, October was actually uh, Disability Awareness Month. It so sure while, was. Yes. Um, yeah. No one is listening to this in October. It's not even October anymore. But um, because the DM, I didn't get the DM in time. We didn't get the DM right. in time. We figured better late than never. Whatever. You're yeah. going to be listening to this in December. So mm-hmm. let's just pretend for today that it's October. Yes. Um, and... So we thought it would be a really interesting and important topic to explore the idea of disability, the idea of empowering um, people, women that are disabled, and also like the awareness factor, I think, of how to be sensitive, but not so um, polarizing, I guess. So I would love for you guys to just um, take a second and tell us about claiming disability and where the idea came from and kind of like what it is that you foster. Yeah, absolutely. First of all, thank you so much for um, having us on your podcast. We love you, ladies. Um, You. We sort of invited ourselves on, so... Thank you. It's always a slumber party here. (laughs) Good. So this is Molly, by the way, speaking. Um, And I am one half of Claiming Disability Incorporated. Um, And we are a disability education and empowerment organization. Mm -hmm. Um, And Erin and I came together kind of serendipitously. Oh my gosh, that's a mouthful. Um, So... Probably for about the last four years, Erin and I both have been contributing authors for an online magazine called The Mighty. And it is an online magazine that it, I think it's entirely comprised of stories and articles written um, by people with disabilities or chronic illness conditions. Right. Um, and so we... We, for the last couple of years, have just been following each other's work. And I, speaking of Disability Awareness Month and Disability Employment Awareness Month, they all kind of go together. Mm. Um, I had been, at the time, laid off for the third time in two years. Um, Just kind of the luck of the draw, I guess. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, it was last August. And I think the day after I got laid off, I reached out to Aaron and I said, hey, I am unemployed for the third time 
in two years. And I feel like that is some divine intervention shit. Yeah. <laughs> Being yes. like, all right, you're not meant for the nine to five, at least not right now. You've got this bigger calling on your heart. So here you go. Here's the space and the time to do that. Um, Yeah. And Aaron and I have always kind of had, you know, just in reading each other's work and what we're putting out there, I could tell that we have a similar mindset in that it's incredibly important for us to sort of dismantle the negative connotation that comes with disability. Absolutely. Um, And there is, uh, you know, a lot of stigma around disability and and what that means for the people who live with them. Um, and there are stereotypes that are pretty effectively completely wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we knew that we wanted to do something um, that could sort of change the landscape mm-hmm. of um, society in how we... Um, view disability um and something that we have always wanted to do is be motivational speakers and and then also create content that is engaging and educational and empowering and so we came together and actually our first thought was just that we wanted to have a podcast. Yes. But podcasts and, are awesome. That's right. And because, uh, you know, you can sort of create your own platform and talk about whatever you want to talk about. Yeah, and that's sort what Erin was saying. Yeah. And it's sort of just free reign to um, use your voice. Um, and that's really important for people with disabilities. I mean, I think, unfortunately, our voices get lost a lot. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that, and we'll go deeper into this but the reason for that is accessibility um there are a lot of places out in community that are not accessible for people um with a lot of different types of disabilities especially for me i'm a power wheelchair user aaron is a walker user Mm -hmm. um and if you can't access a building and or a service or just anything out in community you're not going to be able to show up (laughs) Which means your voice and your view and your ideas are not going to be at the table. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we wanted to create a space and a platform where people with disabilities can come together to um, express themselves and also find connection in their commonalities. Um, And so, like I said, we first wanted to do a podcast, which we're really excited. We're launching um, spring of 2020. Yay! What's it going to be called? Do you have a name yet? No. Okay. All right. You got time. You got time. We do have time. So if you want to help us um, uh, imagine some ideas, we would love it. But um, so in the meantime, though, we said, you know what? We need to build our audience first. Mm -hmm. So um, we created a website. We created our um, social media platforms. We do every single week on Friday nights, we do live streams. So we kind of do a smaller version of what we hope the podcast will be. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we also 
offer um, motivational speaking, um, diversity training, and mentorship in schools. Um, that's excellent. Yeah. So that's a big part of what we do too, wanting to take the show on the road. Um, and we can talk about more later, but we are, um, hosting and keynote speaking at our first event in April. Yay. So are you girls live in the same state? We don't. No, so we, not. <laughs> we do all of this, um, remotely and we got like a long distance relationship going on. So, um, for technology oh. pretty so, much yeah, no the kidding. only successful long distance relationship i've had like, <laughs> yes. i mean works with women <laughs> men not so much wait so i have so many questions i know me too erin where are you from i'm from iowa city so uh that's actually where our first event is going to be is in iowa city what yep. molly was talking about doing so molly first. you're going to iowa yeah. Are we traveling to oh Iowa? Oh my God. Is this the first time you guys are going to meet in person? No. no. We oh, okay. We met in person for the first time um, later in this or earlier last summer. Nice. Um, yeah. And we did a photo shoot for um, a project called This Body is Worthy. Yes. And it was created by a woman named Hannah Sawyer who has. Um, I believe it is called spinal muscular dystrophy. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of different types of muscular dystrophy, but this one is called spinal, and I don't know all the details of it, but um, she created a, um, a campaign, This Body is Worthy, where um, it's beautiful photos of people with all kinds of physical disabilities, um, Again, dismantling the idea that disabled bodies are unattractive right. or undesirable or right. um, just not beautiful and not worthy of love and respect and all of that. So she's got t-shirts and a whole bunch of things that say this body is worthy. So we came together and did a photo shoot for that. And That's then awesome. we also did... Um, we recorded some some things and and did some um you know just creation around our business that weekend um and yeah so we're we're just doing the best we can the good news is i live in minneapolis so i mean we're both in the midwest and we're only about five hours from each other so it's not like that bad yeah, so it's not like, you know, one of us is across the country and the other one yeah. is... That's what she's you know. doing to me soon. She's moving across the country. Oh, no. You are. Where are you going? I got outed so hard. I know. Uh, San Diego. <laughs> oh. Ooh. And you're in New York right now? We're, we're in New Jersey. Jersey. New Jersey. Well, we're like... Okay. North New Jersey, Jersey so like, girls. Like, I, if I turn the computer around, you can see. Yeah, you can see like the skyline from where we're sitting. Oh, I wow. miss the bagels off the turnpike. This morning, factor in your layoffs. I mean, I know that that's illegal, but people fucking do yeah. illegal shit every day. So yeah, and don't get caught and don't get called out and all that. Um, I don't like to focus on whether or not like I think so in the back of my mind but it's not something that I like to be like oh yeah I think this is probably why because that just crushes my soul absolutely you know but I I have wondered you know if if that 
had something to do with it. Um, the first job that I was laid off from, I had been at for eight years. Wow. So, so, you know, not the longest time, but a pretty long That's time. Long. That's a long time. It's long. And, like back in the day um, when you work at a company for 25 years and like retire. It's not like yeah, that anymore. So eight years. It isn't like that anymore, but I have worried. And um, so for me, I choose not to drive. Um, and so just for a myriad of reasons, I'm sure if I tried really hard and right. had my cojones about it, I could. Um, but for a myriad of reasons, I just feel like it's not safe. And so with CP, Aaron and I both have cerebral palsy, mm-hmm. which is a neurological disorder. Um, basically, you know, all day, every day, we've got um, transmitters talking to us in our brain saying, okay, it's time to move my leg or it's time to move my arm or whatever. And we do it involuntarily because our brain is telling us to do it, right? And with CP, some of those transmitters are interrupted or um, they just don't want to work well together. They don't want to play nice in the sandbox. Mm -hmm. And so um, that gets disrupted and then you you know you struggle with being able to walk or with balance and um posture and things like that and there are some other things too that come with it and for me one of those things is severely delayed reaction time oh not <laughs> and, when driving yeah no when you're driving you yeah. got to be able to react real quickly mm-hmm. um you know it's and it's the thing is, it's not so much, oh, I don't trust myself. I don't trust other drivers. Yeah, that's new. And, yeah, and if somebody decides to do something stupid. And then and, you can't react in time. And I can't know. react in time. Right. Um, I also have a heightened startle reflex. And something really interesting that I learned. So babies, when they're born, they have something called the moral reflex, um, which basically it's, it goes all the way back to Neanderthal times. It's a, it's a reaction to keep you safe and to keep you super connected to your mom. So, um, you know, if you hear a sound or there's a sudden movement, you kind of, you it jerks you into like paying attention and being like, okay, I'm not safe here. I need to. And for, um, for a reason that I don't know, people with disabilities or people with cerebral palsy, excuse me, um, don't lose that reflex. Okay. And so that means if there's a sudden noise or a sudden movement that you're not expecting, you will jump. <laughs> like super high and um, you know, it's possible that you might blink your eyes closed really quickly. And so, I mean, those things together, like if I'm driving and and somebody honks and I'm not expecting it or whatever, I could, you know, that moral reflex could kick in and, you know, I could tense and jump and then like my hands could slip off the wheel or maybe I'll blink my eyes. So all of those together, I've decided not to drive. And so, um, for the past 10 plus years, I have been taking paratransit. And so that is a, um, it is 
sort of a it's a it's a portion of metro transit but it is specifically for people with disabilities or older adults mm -hmm. and one of the reasons i really like taking that service is that it's door-to-door -door service oh and um sounds nice which yeah. i really like in that you know living where aaron and i live you know the northern country um seven months out of the year it's really icy snowy snowy and icy yeah yeah, yeah. and so um, you know if you take regular metro transit more than likely you're gonna have to get off a bus and then you know walk, walk or somewhere wheel, or like wheel like yeah, a mile exactly. or whatever a couple miles and then right. in the winter like the sidewalks might not be but also adequately plowed or whatever yeah yeah and so I take paratransit and you ideally like it it sounds good on paper, but um, it isn't the most reliable service. Right. And so um, there have been many times in my professional career where I've been 45 minutes to an hour late to work. Um, yeah. And, you know, that's a little bit out of my control. Right. Um, and it's a big frustration because I am the type of person that, you know, I really like to be, if I've got to be somewhere... I'm not going to be on time. I'm going to be early. Yeah, for Except sure. for today. <laughs> Except for no, today. That was, that was our fault. Uh, no, no, that was not you. That was us. Uh, you guys want to start now? Well, let's, um, take it back. let's take it back real quick because I wanted to talk about, so you were both born with CP. Yes. Yeah. And okay. let me make a clarification. Molly kind of covered a lot of ground at once. Yeah. Uh, my name's Erin Kay. I'm the second co-founder of Claiming Disability Incorporated. I also have cerebral palsy. Molly is in a motorized wheelchair. Mm -hmm. um, I am in a walker. So like there's a spectrum for cerebral yeah. palsy right? because it's a neurological disorder. It's a neurological disorder that doesn't necessarily impact intelligence or, you know, your course, yeah. way that you perceive the world. Um, but yeah, I use a walker. She uses a wheelchair. We both look uh, hella disabled and fabulous. Ah! Like, I mean, like, we're just, uh, I'm like rolling down the street, like legit, just being like disabled and cute. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Um, you know, I mean, so there's some there's some differences. So I don't drive right. either, and that's kind of like what I was going to ask you that. Do you uh, drive? So you don't drive? I don't. But I had a situation with my husband last night. We went to go see Doctor Sleep, and he said, "Don't touch my hand because you're too jumpy to deal with right now." <laughs> so I mean, it's not just like in the car. It's like it's everywhere. <laughs> it's yeah. like and. My husband, who doesn't have a disability, he's able-bodied, is ridiculously jumpy. I have cerebral palsy. I'm ridiculously jumpy. <laughs> so we were just like a bunch of... just jumping around all over Jumpy beings. <laughs> like, all, and yeah. it's like, why are we even at this scary movie right now? Good Lord. We should be watching something. <laughs> because he's so scary. <laughs> like to torture yourself. You I was just going to say, for punishment, for sure. Yes. for punishment. So when, when you guys were growing up, what kind of like challenges, how was it like socially? Like what, how yeah. do you And, and to piggyback on that, like how would you like to change it for future generations? I mean, like kids are fucking assholes. Yes, they are. I am uh, able-bodied yeah, and I was treated like a piece of shit. So like, I just, yeah. I'm curious, yeah. like, you know, 
what were what would you tell future generations? You know, how would you change things? Oh, well, I was really scared to answer this question. I'll be honest, because <laughs> I'm a disabled person that doesn't kind of fit into the mold because I had a really bad childhood. Like I had a father who hated me and the fact that I was disabled, mm-hmm. like and hated my disabled identity. So I mean, there's kind of like this picturesque thing with disability of like you have this big family and everybody groups around the disabled person and there's no resentment and there's no like weird things going on. But for a lot of people with disabilities, we don't Mm. really have that support system. So just trying to bring, uh, yeah, I have siblings. I have a sister and a brother. Do you feel like they were favored over you? No. I mean, I think the resentment came from the fact that I had so many surgeries and was in the hospital so much that unfortunately my family didn't, um, I don't think the attention was well distributed. And there's kind of a whole episode of Speechless about like, you know, having a disabled sibling and and how uh, people kind of interact in that way. But my brother is transgender. So, I mean, he mm-hmm. also had his own things going on growing up. I mean, right. Oh, yeah, of course. You know, so, I mean, we all have our things, but um, yeah. Do you feel like that, that dynamic with your dad is kind of like, do you feel like it helped you live this life that you're living now, like being proud and being an advocate for other people that are disabled? Oh, I mean, definitely. It was kind of like this year I, I did a photo shoot and I was like, kind a big, of like a F you dad. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, I you. mean, cause seriously, I, I think every young woman or maybe not, maybe I'm just dysfunctional, but like they all, we all grew you know, deal with that struggle internally of how our dad looks at us and, you know, how we're perceived. And if it's in a negative context, you know, it can impact your entire freaking life. Am I right, ladies? Because Molly and I have both kind of been on this journey of like, if you hold yourself back, like from whatever you want to do, starting a business or, you know, starting a podcast or whatever, you're the only person holding you back. That's right. Like That's it. 87% yeah. of your self-talk is negative self-talk. So that mm-hmm. recorder that you have in your head or whatever the kids like iTunes, whatever, it's going listening to, yeah. like, yeah. you know, like it's in your head, but it's, it's you dude. Like you're yeah. the only person holding yourself back. There's not tons of people being like, you suck. I mean, maybe there's like one. <laughs> yeah. A hater. Yeah. You. We like, talk about that all the time and like leaning yeah. into your fear. So like with your podcast and stuff coming up, just fucking go after it. But what I also want to see, so like Molly with you, what about you? What about you growing up? How was your so, family dynamic? Yeah. Well, I have a very interesting family dynamic at this point in my life, especially, and we could probably do a whole nother podcast on adoption and, and, um, reunification with biological family, Whoa. <laughs> um, which yeah. is what I have Both been your stories through. already. I'm like, we're, which dang. is what I've been going through for the last four years. Okay. Um, so I'll, I'll give you the Cliff's notes version. Um, I have a twin brother and he is completely Mm able-bodied. And so I always joke around with him that you're welcome. I took one for the team. I took one for the team. So actually it's quite typical that um, if you give birth to multiples, that at least one of them will have some sort of 
developmental, um, you know, there's going to be some developmental disparities there. Um, and I was the lucky duck. So, um, so, so I got my twin brother and he and I were adopted when we were a few months old. Um, and we were adopted into the most wonderful family I could have probably ever wished for. Mm -hmm. Um, our mom is great. My dad is like, he's my dude. And he's like always in my corner, um, helping to support me. And he has a, he's an engineer by trade, but, um, had a career as a, um, a, commercial uh, airline pilot but he is a smart guy so he's always like helping me figure out um he he likes to build things so he (laughs) he builds like equipment for me and adaptation around my house and anyway so that's been awesome to have that um and then when so yeah, I, I grew up with a really loving and really supportive family. Mm-hmm. Like Aaron, I was in and out of the hospital constantly um, as a young kid. I had surgery after surgery. I, you know, therapies and procedures and getting prodded. Right. And um, my family was always there to offer support. And, you know, I never went through any of this stuff alone. Um and my mom is or was an elementary school teacher for 40 some years. Wow. wow. And so being an educator, she had this interesting perspective of um, wanting to always advocate for the best for her kid. Um, and so, you know, even back in the day when people were like, oh, I think she should be put in special ed or something. My mom was like, no, my kid. Yeah. Yeah. Like my kid is super intelligent. Yeah. Because I think a huge um, generalization that people make is that just because you're physically disabled, you're mentally disabled. And it's like, yeah, no, man. Yeah, exactly. And that's, and that's something that even at 33 years old, um, I'm having to constantly defend, and yeah. and I think Aaron probably experiences I that as well. Um, hat and so and yeah, I grew up with a really supportive family, and my, my um, and then grandma, four years ago, I and all of that, and actually and discovered a, that um, one of my aunts has lived five minutes from me for the last five years. So holy um, shit! Yeah, it's, like it's like a lifetime movie. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. I would love a lifetime movie to be made about me. We'll get we'll right on it, that. Yeah, put it out yeah. in, the, in the universe. Yes. Put it out in the universe. Yeah, um, and they have also been wildly supportive. Well, that's and, so nice. And I'll be honest, like one of my concerns. So when I found them through Facebook, I mean what I had to do was reach out to them and send them Facebook messages. But I sat on the knowledge of who they are for about a month before mm-hmm. I did that. So I was like, Oh my God, these are my people and I know it. And I just yeah. have this, like, I don't even need conclusive proof. Like I can just tell by looking at them. that right. these are my people. And I was like, I don't know. I mean, what if, what if they don't know that I have a disability? What if, um, if they find out they don't want to deal with that or it's overwhelming or, um, but lucky for me, I didn't have that experience. Um, everyone has just been really, uh, welcoming and sort of just surrounded me with a a lot of love and acceptance. I will say, so like Aaron said, 
there's the stereotype that if you have a disability, it's sort of this idyllic experience in that you've got these loving, supportive people that will do absolutely anything for you. Um, and between Aaron's story and mine, I know mine sounds more like the idyllic one, but um, it wasn't always unicorns and rainbows. Right. Um, it was great in that I had the love and the support that I deserved, that anyone deserves. Um, but where my struggle came into play was mostly in the way that I treated myself and the thoughts that I had, you know, Aaron talked a little bit ago about negative self-talk. Um, yeah. 87%. Yeah. 87%. Crazy. Yeah. yeah, it is crazy. And yeah. so a lot of my you know, personal development and um, self-love journey has revolved around really just rewiring that internal dialogue. Um, I have always been so hard on myself. Right. And to this day, and I really think self-love and sort of reaching that pinnacle of whatever that is for you um, is a lifelong journey. And it is certainly going to be that for me. You know, I'm 33 and sometimes I still feel like a 15 year old girl that has no idea what the fuck yes. she's doing in the world. Don't we all? We, yeah. Like, isn't it like Legit. 1999 still? Like, I, I, <laughs> yes. I'm not. Is yes. it 2008? I thought no, that the other 1999. No, it's definitely. I wrote that on a check. I mean, is it not? So, what are some of the things that you do to practice loving yourself more? Yeah. Okay, so legitimately, every single day for the last couple of years, I look in the mirror and I'm like, you are so beautiful. Fuck yes. Badass. You. So we're, we're, you're really tapping in like to what we talk about a lot too, because we're like, and uh, Aaron and I were like talking to each other before we're saying like, you know, if you're not your own number one fan, who's going to be? Right. A hundred percent. You know? And it took us how long? 30. It took me 30. Uh, 31 yeah. I'm 32. Yeah. It took me 31 it, years to start speaking to myself years. lovingly. Oh, hundred percent. I don't think I started speaking to myself lovingly um, until maybe about a year and a half ago. Yeah. Because um, ladies, get, if I'm not wrong, like it's not taught. Again, we not, were kind of yeah. talking about that earlier. It's not yeah. a concept that's built into women to say, no. I love myself. Yeah. And right. not only that, like the motivational speakers you guys brought up, it's, it is ingrained in us to not be prideful, what we perceive as prideful, right. you know, yeah. loving yeah. yourself is prideful. Being a strong woman is being a bossy woman. Like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I yeah. mean, Absolutely. If I had a dollar for every person that told me I was too intense, I would have yeah. a lot of fucking dollars. Oh my God. We were just Aaron talking and I were just talking. Like, my energy is too yeah. much for people. Yeah. Particularly. Yeah. It, but those aren't your people. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. You know, going through your, or I was going through your blog. Is that what it's called? Blog platform? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Platform and blog I was surprised thing. at the articles about lack of, so listen, you have to understand that we live in a metropolitan area. You know what I yeah. mean? So there yeah. are laws, like you have to have handicapped accessible right. restrooms yeah. and, you know, entrances and parking and things like that. So I was actually shocked at some of the 
the comments about just wanting to be able to go to the bathroom in a restaurant. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, so yeah. I guess I really want to know, like, how do you cope with situations like that? Like, what do you do? Like, do you, what do you do? Um, well, good question. And so I live in Minneapolis, um, you know, which is also not as big as New York or, you know, where you guys are, but, um, still a bustling city. And, you know, um, obviously there are codes that people need to abide by. Um, and, you know, if we come into a situation where something isn't accessible, um, for me, it's usually the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea of going somewhere new um, and knowing that I'm going to have to worry about, can I go to the bathroom or not, <laughs> gives right. me immense anxiety. Um, and so sometimes there's not much that you can do. Um, I have had to leave establishments before because I know that I'm not going to be able to access the restroom and I got to go. When you got to go, you got to go. Honestly, the idea Um, of not having a bathroom makes me have to take a shit. I know. Yeah, I know. It's really, really stressful. I mean, I've gotten to the point where I've said to myself, you know what? fuck this. I just want to hook myself up to a catheter and a leg bag and like go through. (laughs) I have peed my pants on a road trip. Aaron and I, Aaron and I talk all the time about how we're in our thirties and we still pee our pants. Um, you know, it's a lack of access and bladder control. Yeah. I didn't think about that either. And yeah, we we don't have the strongest of bladders, but again, no. that can be a whole nother podcast. Um, well, but you yeah, I just have a lot to talk about on your podcast, so that's the good news. Yeah, yeah. we're gonna have no. a whole episode about peeing your pants. I can't wait yep. to do that one. Yep, it's gonna be <laughs> such be a good oh, episode, well. <laughs> and people are gonna be like, "Pee your pants." Yeah, yeah. like that's cool. Yeah, it is cool. Um, so Madison, peeing your pants is cool. Girl. Yes, yeah. it is cool. Um, but yeah. Yes, back to your question about accessibility. I have probably since the time I was 15 years old just been um, sort of obsessed with the idea of accessibility and ADA and um, what is in, what are those codes and who the heck um, says this is a code and this isn't and who, you know, builds our establishments and how do they make them accessible? Um, what is ADA so stand for? ADA Americans with American, Disabilities Act. Yep, Americans with Disabilities okay. Act, and it was established in 1990. Yeah, um, and so it's That's like super recent. Yeah. I know it's, it is. Super it's recent. scary to think yeah. about how recent it is, even though 1990 was, I don't yeah, know, right. 20. It's gonna be 30 years. 30 years ago, right? I know, I but it feels well. like yesterday. Next year, like, next year is but it feels like yes, it feels like last year. So the fact that it took us until 1990 to establish legislation that says, "Hey, guess what? Uh, people with disabilities are the largest minority in the world." And obviously in the United wow. States too, um, we should probably do something 
so that these people can contribute to their societies and get out in the world. So, you know, love that the ADA is there, but I, I certainly do think that these codes that were established in 1990 that says this is accessible, this isn't, you need to have, you know, this kind of ramp or whatever, whatever, um, I think it's time for them to be updated. Yeah. Well, and so like last weekend I went to a conference, an accessibility and inclusion conference where I actually got to meet former Senator Tom Harkin, who's from Iowa. And he, uh, were you hanging out and rubbing shoulders with Sanders too? Yeah. Well, Bernie Sanders, but that's a whole nother thing for another day. Oh my God, girls, like his disability. Okay. Not to get all like that, but I mean, somebody needs to be coaching him. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, yeah, but I will say for Bernie Sanders, he spends the most money on ASL interpreters out of all the candidates. He spent like thousand dollars. That's great for ASL, which ASL interpreters are critical for any event or anything you're doing. But even okay, so even Senator Tom Harkin, the father of the ADA, who created the bill says, hey, I'm standing right here in front of you and there's improvements that need to be made yeah. from 30 years from now. And he talked about the loopholes that exist right. with private businesses versus federal buildings yep. and how businesses can still uh, get through some of those loopholes and various things. And yeah. it's like, even he acknowledges that as, as a former legislator, he's like, it needs to be updated and we yeah. need Absolutely. constantly working so, on it. Yeah. And so like Aaron was saying, if you are a private business, you actually do not need to by law adhere what is a Ooh. private business like an office building or a like, restaurant like restaurants private. or That's a private oh like meaning privately owned as opposed to publicly traded right, right. yes right holy shit so that's why there are a lot of places that we would love to go and hang out. That's a huge loophole. That is a that's huge, like huge not loophole. something little. No, it's not, it's little, not little, little at all. I was like, oh, you know, we're like patron, like they're right. people patronizing, like you know, I, that's what I thought when you said private. I was like, somebody's <laughs> house. You know what I mean? Like a doctor's office? Like, I don't know. Like, what's it? Holy shit. Oh, no, yeah. Yeah. And so, actually, um, one of the instances when I was unemployed, <laughs> my, my uh, merry-go-round of unemployedness, I was like, okay, well, I've been in marketing and communications for the last decade plus. Who's to say that I can't change my path? And I've always been really interested in ADA and accessibility. I've just always been of the mindset that there needs to be people who actually need these accommodations in the conversations about this is what needs to be done, um, this, that, and the other, and no... um, you know, this doorway isn't wide enough, whatever. And so honestly, I, who would know better than you? Well, right. exactly. And so I just, I had no idea what to call it. I just Googled um, accessibility specialist. And um, the first woman that popped up is a, um, she's a private consultant and has her own company. And she goes around and she um, 
conducts these assessments, basically, of um, private and public entities and sort of does a report of whether or not they're up to code and all these things. And so she and I sat down for a conversation. I just wanted to pick her brain. And then by the end of the conversation, she offered me a part-time job. Um, And so I did some administrative work for her. And I also um, did some help with some of the assessments that she went on. Um, And it was just really, really interesting. And turned out that I think I'm in the right spot that I'm in doing marketing communications and writing. And there's a lot of math and things involved and measuring and that's not my bag. So I'm like, all right. Um, But it was cool to see, but it was interesting to see how many people, even though there are these codes that are established that say, you know, your doorway needs to be this wide or you need to have a grab bar on this wall or whatever it might be, or the toilet needs to be this height um, whatever. There are a lot of people and businesses, for instance, we went and toured a lot of local bars um, and they're like, oh. Do you girls drink? Um, uh, I used to. Yeah. I think Aaron does. I used to, um, you know, back in my college days, yes, I was quite the little party girl, but yeah. not, not so much anymore. Um, <laughs> just because I don't, I don't like the feeling of being hungover. I'll be honest. I mean, I just had a drink at the movie theater, so I really yeah. can't say anything. But, I, but I love I mean, drinking at the movies. I know. I mean, <laughs> not like a bottle of Prosecco. I would have to. There are a lot of establishments that either play dumb or right. they say, mm, I, you know, we're wanting to beat around the bush and not deal with that because it's a lot of extra money. It always comes down to the money. And it's really frustrating because it's like, okay, yes, you're right. It probably is an extra $5,000 to install an automatic push button on your door. But you're losing a lot of revenue anyway by not having the access for X amount of patrons or um, you're losing service, you're losing your revenue. So why not just pony up and then, uh, you know, you can, you can build back that portfolio later. Um, So it's incredibly frustrating. I even just as an example, um, the apartment building that I'm living in right now, I love it. I absolutely love it. The only issue that I had um, when I was looking for apartments and then looking at this one eight years ago, I guess, um, you know, I said, oh my God, I love this apartment. The um, ADA apartments are awesome and you know i've got the lowered countertops i've got the rolling shower i've got all these things oh nice except i can't get into the building you guys like there's no there's no button i can't open the door on my own um do you have a doorman no no doorman literally Um, get into your building well i either sit and wait for someone to come or that's that's what I did for a couple of years and then I was like this is ridiculous so um I started kind of I started doing what I always do which is rattling cages and uh talking to the suits and and writing letters and um I started with the 
you know, the, the management of the apartment and, um, the property manager and her first response initially was, well, um, you know, that wasn't built into the, into the, uh, what do you call it? The, the building plan initially, and it's going to be X amount of thousand dollars more. Um, and it's just not in the budget right now. <laughs> and I was like, okay, but, and I listed up all the reasons why it, this should be a thing. Um, and she actually told me, um, well, if, if you want to make this accommodation, you can pay for it and then we can install it. And I said, I said, no, that's not how it works. I'm paying like full disclosure, pretty much $2,000 a month already. Like I'm not going to no. No, I don't know. And so, um, you know, I started writing some more letters, talking to some more people. Um, and I ended up going to, in my work in marketing and things, I go to a lot of trade shows and speak on behalf of the organization that I'm working for or whatever. So I happen to be at a, um, disability access and services conference. And there was a gentleman there that worked for something housing hub. I don't remember the name of it, but I spoke with him and talked about my experience. He and I ended up meeting privately and then he spoke to someone he works with and then um, came down through them that they were going to get this done. Um, And so there are accessible buttons on the doors now, but it's it's interesting. I, yeah, it's interesting. I sat and watched the guy install it and he had nothing to do with the decision. He was just an electrician, but I sat and watched him because I wanted to see the fruit of my labor and my advocacy pay off. And I was just really excited that, Oh my God, I can get in and out of my apartment building now without having to sit and like wait for someone to pass by. But as he was installing it, he said, Oh, this is really interesting. I go, what? He goes, the wiring is already here. Oh my Fuck God. Oh, wow. Which means it was in the building plan. It was in the building plan and they were just trying to save money. Right. So obviously there are like logistical limitations, but I want to hear from you guys a little bit about, and then I want to talk about claiming disabilities, but I want to know like socially how you deal with people that, I mean, I feel like there's two worst case scenarios, right? Like the people that treat you like with kid gloves, super delicately. And you're like, y'all, I'm a grown ass woman. I got this. Yeah. Or there are the people that straight up like ignore you. Right. Yeah. So like, how do you handle those different types of situations? I imagine that it transcends from work to friendships to relationships, oh, relationships and yeah. all those. Um, well, why don't you let me take this one, Molly? Do you mind? Yeah, and then and uh, I'll uh, yeah. I'll piggyback when you're done. All right, we'll kind of go back and forth, but um, yeah. So I have a job. I work in nonprofit. I work. Uh, in mental health and you just kind of have to go and you know talk to people and kind of break down that barrier because I mean it's like with anybody you kind of roll up 
which I literally roll up <laughs> to people. And they're kind of, they kind of instantly, I mean, maybe you ladies haven't had this, but do you ever just kind of have a situation where somebody's like, oh, you know, it's like, you know, and then you have to just say something really. Like, no, it's sub- fine. Right. Like, oh, I'm good. Like, you know, yeah. hi, I work for, you know, this organization and I do right. fundraising and development. And I've raised over $300,000, not to brag, but like, no, no. you should brag. Like, you should absolutely be braggadocious. Yeah. I mean, legitimately, because it's like, you have to, you have to assert yourself, right? Like, yeah. yeah. And just be like, I'm here. And yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I just wonder like I mean you guys are both clearly very outgoing. Yeah. And so I guess I wonder if if you were more introverted and maybe from a personality perspective you didn't feel comfortable being the icebreaker. Yeah. So I was, you know, really hard on myself. I felt really awkward. I felt like I didn't know where to fit in. Um, you know, and having a brother who is able-bodied, but also my twins, that meant we were experiencing kind of the same things, um, or supposed to be hitting the same kind of milestones at the same time. Right. And I felt like I couldn't keep up with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I, I'm a very late bloomer and I experienced things at a slower rate than he did. And I felt like I was being left behind. Um, but that all kind of changed when I went to college and I kind of, you know, I found my group of people and there were a lot of instances where I had to, um, speak up and be a really strong advocate. And I think when you are forced to be in a role of using your voice to make change, you start to, it's a slow process, but you start to see how powerful you really are. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I, you know, I was a very shy, insecure kid, but I am anything but now. And I think that is part of what we're trying to create with Claiming Disability Incorporated is to empower men and women with disabilities to understand that, hey, you know, by society standards, yep, you're very different. And we are one side of the um, us versus them equation. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't make you any less than, and that doesn't mean that you don't deserve to be at the table, that you right. don't deserve to fill the space that you're in right. um, because you do. And that was something that I didn't understand as a young person um, because I felt so different. And so um isolated and so misunderstood I didn't know where my place was and even if I knew where my place was where I wanted my place to be I didn't think that I was allowed to be there I didn't think I was allowed to fill it sorry to Um, interrupt you Molly Erin did you have any similar feelings like that Molly felt like growing up um I did I had really low self-esteem uh like typical daddy issues am I right like I mean like am I right oh preach um but yeah I had really low self-esteem um and it's it's just kind of like what Molly said it's a growing process where you have to kind of uh 
own yourself. And just recently, since I turned 30, you know, and I did a photo shoot for myself, it was funny because the natural inclination everybody had for this photo shoot, right, was you're doing it for your husband, right? You've been with them for like nine years. It's all about your husband. Am I right? Like, and I was like, like, no, I'm doing this for me. Nah, I'm doing it for me. Like, this is all about me and finding my fierceness and feeling like I didn't see the stuff I wanted to see. I didn't see people with walkers doing a photo shoot. So yeah. I was like, dude, I'm going to do that. I'm going to yeah. put that out in the space because it's not there and it needs to be there. And I yeah. will say like, dude, disabled people, we need more confidence as a minority group because we are so used to people not listening to us and, and our voice not being counted. It's like, we need those fabulous people out there going like, I'm hot as hell. Like, yeah. and I'm disabled as fuck. Like, <laughs> You know, I mean, it's just- but, and I think too, to your point, Aaron, I do think there's something to a lack of confidence in who you are as a di- disabled person in the fact that there is not a lot of representation of disabled people living their lives out in the media. Mm-hmm. And so if you're not seen and if you're not represented and if you can't go, oh, there I am. Right. Like, like, oh no, I'm, I'm okay. I'm meant to be here because look, there I am. Um, if you don't see that, then it's really hard for you to internalize and to, um, have this resolve that, oh yeah, no, I, I am supposed to be here. And so again, I think that is another piece of what we're trying to do at Claiming Disability Incorporated is to create that representation. Um, the only per- person or the only two people that I can think of right now off the top of my head that like I've seen on TV with a disability is a kid from Glee mm-hmm. in the wheelchair. Yeah. And she um, didn't even have a disability. He's not really no, disabled either. We called him out. I'm and sorry. Well, he had a, like a cast in the role. And then the other kid is a kid from Malcolm in the Middle, little black kid. That, oh, like, yeah. Oh, I did. Yeah. yeah. I love Stevie. He was like... <gasps> I yeah. could really, I could really relate to that. Like, I mean, but I yeah. also think in general, like disabled people can't breathe because there's like a lot of situations where going I'm on. Like, ah, I can't, yeah. I can't even make it right now, and I've just yeah. walked like fifty steps. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. But do you think that there are like strides being made? I mean, I feel like while obviously it's not every everyone is going to be represented overnight, I feel like I am seeing more um, diversity in general. Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not just yeah. talking about like race or like ethnicity or religion. I'm talking about like um, like that supermodel. Lauren Wasser, who had yeah. the double amputee, yeah, like, right. you know, like those types of things, like tons of people with prosthetic limbs, like you know, doing crazy mm-hmm. things. So I think we're getting there. You know, yes. it's like it's a positive future, and mm-hmm. what you guys are doing is only helping the trajectory right. of that. Right, right, right. No, I I absolutely agree with you. Um, I do think there are, you know tiny little strides being made and and micro wins every single day but we do have a long long ways to go um and again i think aaron and i are stepping into the space at a really really important time yeah um especially feel the transition you know like yeah especially as we talk a lot about like harnessing energy 
Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah. You start to like feel yourself like we have something. Yeah. We you know have I just, something like something is happening here. Yeah, and Aaron and like I feel the same way. Right into it. Yeah, you do. Aaron and I feel the same way. And we talk every day about, you know, obviously celebrating the micro wins for the big picture, but also manifesting and how important mm-hmm. that is. And you were talking a little bit earlier about you speak of things like they have already happened or that they are going to happen. And we also do the same thing. We're like, so when our podcast launches, when we get up on that first stage, um, it's never if, and it's never, uh, it might happen. No, it's, it's going to happen. Really quickly, I know you guys, um, you said earlier that you meant you do mentorship and diversity coaching. I'm curious like what diversity coaching looks like because I feel like the people that could benefit most from diversity coaching are the people that are like, what are you talking about? I don't need, you know what I mean? Yeah. Diversity training that we're going to be doing in spring to kind of get a little more specific about it, but we'll be partnering with a local nonprofit that I sit on the board on access to independence that works to empower people with disabilities. They do a sensitivity training where they discuss uh, service animals in the workforce. Oh yeah. Uh, terminology. Uh, what can I say? What can I not say? You know, when we're I wanted to touch yeah, on that. Tell us what we so, can. Yeah. So, like, what I was gonna bring up. What definitely? What are things people? shouldn't fucking say to somebody with a disability (laughs) well you definitely shouldn't like i mean so um can i say one thing that i always say to this question yeah definitely tell that story (laughs) this is not it has nothing to do with the workplace um just in general like general society don't fucking say this shit to me okay so aaron's married but i am still trying to find my mr right um, and and <laughs> she out there, and, gentlemen, just saying, um, and that's been the struggle has been really real. I um, I've been on online dating sites for years and going on dates after dates after dates. I ended up um, meeting and falling in love with a guy, and we were together for two and a half years. He happened to also be um, a wheelchair user. That relationship. Uh, fell apart completely. Um, so that is, we don't need to bring that up. But um, when I was going on dates through um, the dating site, I uh, met this guy and thought it was pretty damn clear that I use a wheelchair. And um, we actually, and I always made a point to talk with the dudes for a little bit before we met in person so that they were very clear about what they were getting into and what they should expect. Um, And actually when I first started the whole process um, four or five years ago, I wasn't sure. I was like, I don't know, should I put pictures of me in my wheelchair? Cause what if it like scares them all away? But then I was like, wait a second, this is like a perfect tool for weeding the tools out. Like, right. Yeah. Get it. I just came up with that. Um, and it kind of, it was and so i i met this guy and for everything that i knew he knew that i was in a wheelchair and that was that and so we went on a date we went to dinner and 
I loved it. I thought, you know, we had great banter. We had a lot of stuff in common. Um, the conversation was easy. It flowed. It was comfortable. And then at the end of dinner, I was like, well, um, do you want to go back and sit on the rooftop of my apartment or whatever? So we went and did that and we were just like talking and hanging out. And he, um, just like word vomit said, so, um, you're hot, but your chair is a boner killer. Oh, oh so, my God. So that was the end of that. So yeah, definitely let's not let's not say that on on a first date. Fuck that guy. In general, but I thought or that in general going in a different direction. I did too. <laughs> what direction did you think that was going to go in? Fuck you. I thought he was going to ask like if that was a thing. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, I get that all the time. Oh my oh, god. Wait, I get that I all the time too. Think about that. Oh um, no, no. I get that all the time. Of like, so, um, does your vagina work, or like, what is that situation? Um, I was, I was on my way to work a few years ago, maybe oh five god. years ago at this time, um, and I'm just like waiting for the um, train and a guy was standing on the platform next to me and um he what did he say i think he just like came right out and said it so i'm are you a virgin i'm curious and it was yeah. like 745 745 it's so weird in my brain that's such an obvious thing like you don't say that to anybody yeah. right like, that's, no like, people have zero filters and i'm learning every day how, how dumb people are yeah, yeah people are real dumb um <laughs> yeah. well, it's like they say you know you're pretty for a disabled girl oh, like dude, i get that's that all such the a time backhanded compliment yeah, it's like yeah, I get that like, all the time too. Thanks? Like, yeah. yeah, thanks, but no thanks. Like, I get that all the time too. Like, oh, you're really hot for a disabled girl. Because um, they're viewing the context as a negative context. Like, yeah. you're so broken, you're, but like, but you're still here's the silver lining for you. Good job. Like, like yeah. I know. Um, yeah, and I've had like, um, oh, like a year ago, I. I don't remember why I was in the hospital, but I was in the hospital. Um, see, we're in the hospital so much that we forget why. But, um, and one of the nurses came in, it was a male nurse or some kind of doctor's assistant. And um, one of the very first things that he said to me was like, well, I mean, you're really pretty. So like, if it's any consolation, if it's any consolation, you're really pretty. So basically what, what you guys are saying is like, you get commented a lot on your appearance yeah. as if that has any, yeah, um, any bearing on validates yeah. like right. your worth. And let right. me ask you ladies as able-bodied ladies. So when I go to the doctor, I I'm 30, I'm turning 31 actually next week. Oh, but, um, happy yeah. Um, but when you guys go to the doctor, do they ask you pretty standardly if you're pregnant? Yes. All the time, yeah. right? They ask me too. Yeah. Or they, is there any chance that you would be Yep. There? Yep. Well, they never ask me. I never get asked. So from now on, when you're at the doctor, you're like, so by, by the, the way, way <laughs> by the way, by the way, I got like, big last night and I, I might be pregnant. 
I mean, my husband's like sitting right next to me. Give me a pregnancy test like, or I will kill you. <laughs> give me a pregnancy. Give me liberty or give yeah. me a pregnancy test. Right. Like, yeah. Good and then, Lord. To be fair though, yeah. we probably have to pay for those pregnancy tests. Probably. You can ask me, but don't give it to me. Um, right, exactly. I'm going to deny it, but just ask me. <laughs> just and ask me the question. Just ask yeah. And my piece of advice is just don't make assumptions. I yeah. mean, yes. in, in all of these instances, people are making assumptions about our abilities based on what we look like and how we get around. And right. just and stop doing that. What just, about, just how stop. do you, like, would you prefer someone just ask you, like, is that offensive if someone's like, hey, are you able to do this? Yeah. That's right. Right. And, and that's, you know, and it, and it is a, I think sometimes people, you know, when they have questions or when they're curious, like, so I, on a daily basis, I get a lot of stares and looks. And I, I think it's because people just don't understand they're curious, but they also right. don't know how to approach the situation. I mean, we live in a time right now where everybody is so, so sensitive. Yeah. Right. And so. Karen, I um, was talking about that before you hopped on. Yeah. Right, right, right. So um, people feel like they need to be super guarded or they have to be careful. I mean, some people don't buy, you know, abide by that and they just say whatever comes to their mind, but most people don't know what to say. And so my advice, and because I, I'm an open book and I'm so open and I think there is, um, it's so important to be transparent and honest and just lay it out how it is because that is the only thing that's really going to grow understanding, which will then, um, you know, eliminate some of that ignorance. So I'm an incredibly open book. So I just kind of feel like, well, if you have a question, if you want to know something, just ask. Like, so I just started what I hope is a long-term job and, um, and I love it there. And so far everybody has been really supportive and understanding and, um, you know, asking questions. I've had a couple people in the last couple of weeks, like even something as simple as if I drop something, uh, I mean, more than likely I'm going to ask you to help me pick it up. Right. But just the fact that a couple of people that I work with have been like, Hey, is it okay if I pick this up for you? Um, even something as that is, is really awesome because again, it just shows they're not making an assumption of right, my ability. Mm-hmm. Exactly. They're just right. like, and this is cool. I mean, yeah, exactly. And the truth is, can I pick a lot of stuff off the ground? No. Um, so would I like your help? Yeah. But the fact that they're not assuming that Mm -hmm. just because I use a wheelchair is a really cool thing. So I think the only way to really um, mitigate against assumptions and sort of the harm that it can can do is just ask your questions. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
So we're going to wrap this up, but we really enjoyed talking to you guys. Yeah. We really enjoyed talking to you. We really appreciate yeah. you guys, you know, coming in here so honestly and open and hearing yeah. your experiences. Honestly, I wish that we could air this footage because a lot of the times we were like stunned. And I, just I know wish everybody it's could just see the context like, on the podcast. Oh my just God. Dead silence. <laughs> um, so are, are you guys familiar with Vogue 73 questions? Yes. So yeah. we end each episode with a guest with five questions, not seven okay. else we'd be here for the rest of our lives. Do you have any pets? Do I have any pets? I have a Boston Terrier named Annie and I have a Balinese named Ginger and I love them both. And oh, they are my babies. Babe. Yes. I walk the dog. This is another misconception people have. People are like, does your husband walk the dog for you? No, he does not. He are should, you kidding though. me? Like, kind of chivalry. He should. Chivalry is no, You're so much better than <laughs> a Rottweiler and I don't walk that fucker ever. I know. I don't even walk my dog. My Sweet angel walks him in the rain. Okay, you lucky. You lucky. I'm telling you. But like, I mean, he does not walk. He walks her sometimes, but I would say 85% of the time I'm walking the dog. And like, that's that's another thing. Like, I walked the dog. I wanted the dog. I walked the dog. That's it. Boston yes. Molly, what about you? Do you have? So I have a beta fish. So second question, what's your favorite food? Oh, what's my favorite quick, food? Quick, Dang, I don't know. First like, thing that comes to mind. Yeah. Uh, sushi, but I had a bad experience where I like threw up recently. So, I mean, I'm we'll kind of... Yeah, okay. we'll You've accomplished right. more than just maybe right. past a little bit of food. Yes. Okay, um, all right, I'm good. And I can say that I will never be vegan because I will never give up cheese. All right, favorite self-care ritual? Uh, I love like sitting in my chair, listening to music. Like today I couldn't get out wave from Megan Trainer in my head. I was like, all right, here I go. I visualize. We're going to go in Megan Trainer. <laughs> We're going in. Inception. Yes. <laughs> um, for me, I have, this is not an ad, but I wish it could be because I want all their things. But I have a facial steamer from Vanity Planet. Yes. And so twice a day, I turn that sucker on. Twice a day. Get a good steam on the old face, open up the pores, do a little scrub scrub. But the question is, do you sit in the mirror afterwards and pick? Because that's what I would do. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. I'm very, like, hands off. Um, I'm I'm obsessive when it comes to skincare. So, yeah, that's so my thing. Good for you. And I am not. I am not. Me either. I, am not. <laughs> Me either. I have adult onset acne. Sorry, fellas. I'm spoken for. <laughs> you see that right there? Yeah. Oh, that's from real bad, like, adult onset acne. Like, oh, I, yay, I love You're not even 30. I just got, like, clearish skin, like, two years ago. No joke. So did I, girl. My uh, whole 20s was a goddamn nightmare. <laughs> Oh, I'm holding on to that hope. I am 30. But see, that's why I'm so obsessive at this point, because my whole teens and 20s, mess and a half. Mine, honestly, when I stopped eating dairy and, like, changed my diet is what really changed. That's the thing. I know. If I stopped eating cheese, I would. Stop fucking telling me that. (laughs) I know. (laughs) But I can't. You guys remember that all that show, like, with the guy with the pizza face? That's that's how I feel. Oh, no. No, you are not pizza face. Yeah, (laughs) hardly. Stop. Um, am I Are more you- ear boy? Possibly. <laughs> Just you guys are gonna like this one. What's your secret talent? 
Oh, I don't have one. I don't you definitely know. have one. Oh my god! It can be uh, blowjob skills. Oh, I'm pretty good at those. I'm pretty good at those. I don't yeah. have. I don't have good blowjob skills because I hate giving blowjobs. Oh, I, you don't. I love it. I am on they this. Call it a job right? for nothing. Woo! They don't call it a job for nothing, <laughs> girls. Like suit up, ladies. I know it's suit up. Un- it's probably unpopular opinion, but I love it. <laughs> Good for you. Yes. God, you hear single. that, gentlemen? That's insane. <laughs> sucking dick. I do, and I, I don't know. Well, here's the thing. I love it when a fella goes down south on me, and I yeah. feel like we'll pay the favor. If I'm asking you to do that and go to town, that's so polite. That's honestly, I, that was the nicest way of saying you like getting head I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. See, so, I make them go south, and then I'm like, all right, thanks. Like, oh my god, like, thank you so much. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. You're like, so that was nice. And again, looping back to confidence for women with disabilities, like have confidence, y'all. You know, just because you don't have to be doing that, ladies. Just saying. That's right. I mean, That's but right. if you like it, go do it. If you yeah. like it, go totally. do it. Well, so, your body, right. your What's choice. Your you got to have something. Oh, man. Um, we know you can't clap on time, so. <laughs> I really can't. Not that that one's out. No, like, I'm not. I can't clap on time either. Um... I mean, I wish I could say singing, but I mean, I don't think I'm the greatest singer, but I'm not terrible and I love to sing. So um, there's that. Everybody knows I'm a writer, but I don't think everybody knows how much I love to write poetry. Oh, so well, that's better than blowjob skills. <laughs> but I, well, is it though? I was gonna say thank you for saying that. I was like, it's all it. most valuable <laughs> things. Erin, <laughs> uh, did you think of yours yet? Oh, dude, I uh, my special skill is like. I don't even know. Like just going up to people, talking to people. I'm, That's sorry. I, I'm so happy you said that because when you were like searching in your head, I was ready to just be like, girl, it was so easy to talk to you. You like made me laugh immediately. <laughs> yeah. I have verbal diarrhea a lot. Like I'm that person that honestly shares way too much information. Like both though. So like, you know, that's like a super awesome talent. Most important question. This is the most important question. Our favorite question to end the entire episode. Woo. What is your vibe? Oh, my vibe. I'm super chill, y'all. I'm super chill and I just I just want everybody to love each other and to support and lift each other up and I know especially in you know the political climate that we're in right now and everything else that's going on in the world there's so much hate there's so much fear um but I'm just about bringing that positivity and that love I love that I love that too Aaron. That is so. My vibe is disabled and fierce, y'all. Yes. Like, you can be disabled and fierce. Disabled is not a bad word. Mm-hmm. Claiming your disability is a journey. It's not always going to mean that you're feeling super self empowered one day. Maybe you just want to sit on the couch in your sweatpants and uh, watch Netflix. Guess what? You're still empowered, disabled and fierce as hell so to the young ladies you know who are hopefully listening young gentlemen whatever like 
be yourself, mm-hmm. be fierce because we are fierce. You know, just yeah. because we don't fit into some kind of mold doesn't make us ugly, doesn't make yeah. us less, doesn't mean that we're not worthy of fulfilling lives and all the things that you want in life. So don't let anyone take that away from you, not even your family members, That's which right. I have had myself. So don't yep. let anybody take it away. You guys are so inspiring. Where can everyone find you? Um, so we've got our Claiming Disability Incorporated um, Instagram page, and that is claiming underscore disability underscore INC. Um, my personal Instagram is wheelie good writer, another plan word. So it's wheelie good writer, all one word. And Aaron is disabilities are beautiful, all one word. Um, and then we also have our company website, which is claimingdisabilityinc.com. We'll link everything in the show notes. Yes, yes please do. This was so nice. Thank you guys. I loved it. Much. You are hilarious. Keep being awesome together. Oh, we will. And y'all keep being awesome together too. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah.